Welcome to the Ether. Today is Saturday, November 12th, 2022. Today on the Ether, the MTOP Swap AMA hosted by Y Foundry Dow. Let's take a listen. Great. Hello, Crash. That's what, is, am I hearing that correctly? Yeah. Yep, that's it. Crash test. Cool. Um, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Yeah, so I, we actually, Ray joined our community um, only like a few weeks ago now is he, uh, when, when the whole Blue Dow thing kind of blew up and at that conference do you know what i'm referring to yeah absolutely yeah we've talked about it yeah and i saw he was you know kind of kind of looking into the transactions and stuff on chain uh on blue dow not saying you know one way or the other but um yeah and a lot of the people in our community really enjoy and appreciate on-chain research so um naturally he became part of the community learned about why foundry and here we are so yeah, I guess I guess we could start it. People will leak in here uh, over the over the next five ten minutes. I would say everyone here tweet out the space, please. Um, if you want, hit the little chat bubble in the bottom right, and you can ask questions, comment, say whatever you'd like, um, retweet the space. But um, sharing is caring. That's great. Uh, welcome, Crash. Hello. Um, what's your journey? Where'd you? How'd you start uh, in crypto? And and what what do you do at Y Foundry? Yeah. So um, starting in crypto, I come from a background of actually uh, education at uh, like a, in a corporate setting. So a technology company, um, been able to do some pretty cool stuff there with um, some early experiments with some mixed reality stuff, VR, AR, um, and just general kind of like emerging tech, um, AI and um, machine, machine learning and uh, Internet of Things sort of support. Um, from there, I just, just kind of got involved in, you know, starting to invest um, tech stocks, then found Bitcoin and then discovered Ethereum and kind of the promise of smart contracts and the ability to do more with crypto and just became fascinated with it, fell down the rabbit hole, explored, you know, many numerous communities kind of held my breath as I did the token, you know, the transfers across the uh, early bridges, you <laughs> know, <laughs> as most do, that's, like, that's the only way to do it. Um, and uh, yeah, just kind of uh, explored what what all was out there. Um, then we discovered um, I, I got involved with a community um, called the DeFi Desk, which Ray was a part of. Um, Clean was a part of a few other the, of the contributors of YFD. Um, and yeah, Y Foundry just kind of spawned out of you know some conversations among the community. Just how difficult it was when you came up with some great ideas how can you easily bring those to life? Like, how can you connect? Like when you don't know, you don't have a developer team, you don't know developer teams, maybe you don't have connections. Um, just saw it as kind of this, this um, you know, easy way to connect talent with work and also um, those that want to create, those creators with the talent to be able to realize their visions, whatever their projects are. Um, really saw that as a gap in the space. Um, so, yeah, set out to just build it. Got hit pretty hard with the big terror collapse of one of the yeah. many, um, one of the many big, uh, big uh, punches to the gut this year. But, um, yeah, um, we're able to just kind of dig our head down the community. We've got a few, you know, quite a few contributors there from the community. And, um, yeah, just kept building and very close to our MVP launch now. By the end of this month, we'll have the um, the MVP launched and people will be able to start using the platform. So excited to see that. Yeah, that's really great. And I was going to kind of start from the beginning because I looked at some of the Medium articles and it looks like you guys started in January-ish. Uh, seems like you were focused on on Luna UST, which, you know, yeah, that must have been you guys got stories to tell. Probably it must have been hard to have like have a vision, have that like completely wrecked right by something that you 
pretty much had no control over and have to like recalibrate your vision. So I'm really glad to hear that you guys are uh, releasing your minimum viable product in uh, about a month or so. And obviously I want to ask about what that is too. But um, yeah, that's great. So you have a lot of experience too. What So like what year-ish did you discover Bitcoin? Was it like 2017, 18-ish or was it more recently? It's more recently. I would say 2019-ish, okay. somewhere around there. So yeah, a couple of years ago. And also the way uh, AI has progressed over the last few years is pretty insane. Uh, not just with Dolly, but voice uh, copying and, and, and like even copywriting now. Um, there's going to be like a Dolly like image generation. They're, they're, you're going to be able to generate like videos uh, with text prompts eventually too, um, based on my AI, which is insane. So um, that's some crazy stuff. Um, yeah, really cool stuff um, there. I mean, I could riff forever about yeah, some other yeah. possibilities there. Um, I the the things that I've dug into pretty closely is actually on the. Um, it's on a contact center side. So being able to like in the, in the moment evaluate. So you think of it from like an educational onboarding perspective, you have a person speaking with a customer over the phone and you have a a real time transcript of what's going on. It can pull out, you know, this is the content that you need, you know, like this person mentioned Facebook and then we can pull out, Oh, Facebook is down right now. Or here's a relevant, like, piece of information that you will help you in the moment what you're doing right there just think about it from an educational perspective instead of needing to train somebody on everything under the sun that they could possibly need to you know handle the situation you can be very flexible with that you can you can have call outs for hey your tone is really not great your tone should improve or if you want to make a sale you should try these things um, just kind of like a guided like work experience. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that's insane. Also, for for what it's worth, Ray is uh, trying to join. I think he's having. Oh, he's here now. Yes, Ray. Hopefully, you can hear us. I'm inviting you to speak. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. Even like, God, I don't want to make this about AI, obviously. But last point, because I, I watch, uh, I'm subscribed to this channel, um, on, uh, on YouTube called Two Minute Papers. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's really really great. And, um, like, you know, engineers are able to, instead of using real cars for like crash tests, you can, you can use AI and and shit like that, that kind of modeling to save these companies so much money instead of having to do tests uh, with fluids and, 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 you know, cars and such, like they could just run simulations on them and have realistic outcomes. It's nuts. Yeah. I think it's going to be insane once that becomes more commonplace. Just, just think about like, how much more you can do and model than what you can do any other way. If there's that, like if it gets better and better, as far as the sort of like, I guess, uh, realism of the experience or fidelity of the sort of modeling. Um, I've looked that up. I'm going to, I'm going to check that out later. The two minute papers. That looks like a, something I've been subscribed to. Oh, it's all AI stuff. And they're all really quick, like three to five minute, um, videos it's just absolutely insane um yeah so uh i i agree like kind of everyone in this space right now it's so new still um even though it's been around almost a decade um DeFi has only been around four or five years it's really great to connect people who are building things with people who um know how to do that um everyone's pretty much like an independent developer in this space so um i guess talk about your initial um your guys' initial vision in January with with UST and and kind of how that decline um, affected you guys, and if you want, like you can also talk about how how you guys regained focus. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That was um, it, it was challenging. Um, you uh, come across an event like that, and you know it's supposedly a stable coin. A lot of the YFD reserves that were being worked, you know, that some of the stuff was being built from. Um, was, uh, you know, you know, contractors being paid for different various things that, uh, you know, was denominated in UST, um, as well as just, I mean, our focus initially on the strategies. So we had a few strategists within the community that, which is kind of where our MVP is, we'll get to that. But um, how can you, you know, if you come up with a great like strategy idea, DGEN sort of strategy, there were a lot of those involving, you know, the mirror protocol, involving Anchor, involving UST, all three of those like fundamental 
primitives are gone. <laughs> you know, they don't they don't exist anymore. Um, so I, it was very. I, I would say like we had um, right prior to the crash, there were um, there were some solid. Um, strategies uh hedge plus and we we had you know those hedge plus and uh a, a, a stable another stable coin strategy that we were going to release on it's just kind of like hey here's our sort of flagship vaults you know to get it going so definitely a different approach than what we're taking now um for obvious reasons but yeah i had these strategies we had flushed out work with community members to flush out ready to launch they were like on testnet ready to go so i mean give it another couple of weeks and they would have been launched and then everything went down so it's definitely discouraging um we had a few that had to take a step back um myself included for a little bit there and just reassess like what's going on what are we going to do what's the next steps and really just like talked about what's the essence of like what we would like to build like what do we need like what's the what's the missing thing because like in a way, the vaults themselves, the DeFi strategies were just a, almost a, an example of here's the sort of thing that we would like for people to be able to do with the platform. It's like, let's just build the platform. Let's bring people in. Let's get, you know, this kind of crowdsourced, you know, just make the platform, the governance tools, the smart, the like like implementation of smart contracts and the escrow capabilities to have this sort of um you know crowdfunding platform slash marketplace of ideas and um make it accessible to all and just bring people in and just have them use it so that's really what we looked to um pivot to and uh, i see ray's come up as a speaker He's um, here. feel free to add add any uh any additional details there and perspective but ray can you hear us are you good i can hear you now i mean oh Jesus Christ, nice. man, or whichever god you pray to yeah. Elon Musk, man, it. can't fix Twitter fast enough. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they they have a lot of recoding to do. Um, <laughs> a lot of recoding. Um, yeah, what's up, Ray? How are you? Hello. We're, we were just talking about Crash here about um, the Luna Crash. Yeah, I could listen, but I couldn't see anybody and I couldn't talk. So I was I was listening a little bit about it. Yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, enjoying the weather down here in Mexico. I've escaped the U.S. hopefully forever. So. Yeah, good. Yeah, it snowed today where I was. So yeah, it kind of sucks. Um, I, I want to ask about the minimum viable product in a month. Uh, you guys have a long history since January, ups and downs, uh, recalibrated, found a new vision. Um, what exactly will the minimum viable product be? Uh, and explain it from the perspective of somebody who has no idea what Y Foundry is. Sure. Um, I appreciate that Crash has kind of covered the. The history, so I don't have to do that. Um, minimum viable product. It the the hard part is is there are like just to give context, there are so many pieces that require trust with anonymous people for DeFi to function in a dysfunctional way like it does now. So, a lot of our work in the minimum viable project or product required writing things from green fields from scratch because people weren't doing the legwork and the infrastructure. So what minimum viable product MVP will allow people to do when we launch here shortly is basically be able to fund, to propose ideas in a DeFi ecosystem and then use the community of their peers to fund those ideas and use developers within the ecosystem to build those ideas. So we've built this in a, in a trustless way where the community that funds it are the ones that validate the people who participate in it. There isn't any core team. There isn't any backdoors. This is truly like a trustless way, like a, like a non-custodial escrow, essentially, if that makes sense. Is that simple enough or is there yeah. a way? Yep. yep, simple. And now I'm going to ask some like, it's like really simple questions. So like, first of all, so you said to propose ideas in a De DeFi ecosystem, uh, like which ecosystems, just EVM, any of them? And what would an example of an idea that someone could propose uh, be? Um, yeah, so right now we're in uh, Cosmwasm. So anything that supports Cosmwasm, we can deploy to. Uh, we've pinged around in some EVM spaces, but we're, as, as with anything we've, we've talked, any 
centralized infrastructure we've talked to, they don't get what we're trying to do. So they're like, we're, you're not a fit for that market. So basically Cosmos uh, ecosystems, any of those chains will will happily deploy to. Um, an example of what a project could be is let's say you see that there is a persistent arbitrage opportunity between one DEX and another DEX, or there's a persistent, um, yeah, in imbalance in something. And rather than, you know, do that work manually, you could say to the community, hey, look, I think we should just write a, a contract or a bot that does, you know, X, Y, Z. And I think here's my prospectus. We have a prospectus template. So we do a lot of the risk management and assist with that. So it's not just like a half-baked paragraph. It's a, it's a pretty, we've got to have a really robust kind of idea of what we want to deploy or what somebody and wants a, to deploy. Sorry to clarify, sorry to interrupt. A prospectus would just be like a proposal, like, like a well-thought-out proposal. Yeah, like if you if you buy into a fund, right, or you buy into any sort of uh, financial thing in a in a traditional market, you get a prospectus. This is how this fund works. This is what it does. This is what it interacts with. These are the assets involved. These are the underlying protocols. You know, it uses this DEX. It does these things on this DEX within these specifications. So, I mean, other smart people could take that prospectus and build the same thing. But the idea of what we're doing is like, we're just being transparent or the people are, everybody involved is being transparent about what we're doing. So yes, a prospectus would be like an explanation, like a technical diagram of what, you know, what the idea is and how it's supposed to work. And you said Cosmwasm, is that Cosmos? Yes, any okay. of the Cosmos, Cosmwasm, okay. Rust-based chains, yeah, at this point. A lot of, okay, so like Aurora even, near. Um, um, okay. So, so you have, uh, hey, Alex, you requested, I'm going to, I'm going to join, I'm going to bring him up too. Uh, let's see here. One second. Alex, can you hear? Oh, it's still connecting. Just one second. Um, hey, Alex. Hey, everyone. Hey, Alex. Um, I just want to ask real quick. Um, so you said, you know, the community of peers fund these ideas what is what does that mean exactly like uh how, how do they fund these ideas so you propose ideas uh you know in, in the cosmos ecosystem or, or wherever you guys are and uh the, uh a community funds them like how does that work yeah so the way that works is let's say we already have some developers in the community um so we've gone completely decentralized there's no core team the developers that worked on building the infrastructure are now available to work on developing strategies and ideas on the infrastructure. And so what the community does, let's say it's a community of people who hold the token, um, the YFT token. So the community says, okay, we trust these, we trust these developers. We've done our due diligence on these developers and whatever capacity the community requires, you know, for them to do. And then basically the, the idea people, whoever is proposing the idea, says, hey, I have this idea, here's my perspective, here's my plan, this is what I think it takes. And the whitelisted community of developers says, hey, we'll bid this job, this is what it would cost for us to build your idea. And they work together, they collaborate, then they present a formal proposal on chain saying it costs this much, the money's going to go to this whitelisted developer that the, the funders have already approved. So they, you know, it isn't like going to some rando, you know, dev shop. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, so then the community says, yeah, we agree with that idea. They vote and they contribute funds at the same time they're voting to approve or deny that idea. So, Ray, I can already think of a competitor, um, but you are one step um, ahead of them. You want to involve developers into the protocol. So it's not only funding for a position or a, or, you know, um, an arbitrage opportunity, it's a, it's a development itself. What's in it for the developer? The developer has the opportunity to have work and have, uh, you know, availability of projects to work on without having to grind away on the same project for nine months. So, so, so it will be two funding phases, the, the development phase of the, of the smart contract that will leverage the position that the community wants to build. And then the funding of a second stage that goes into the position, right? Yes, and that, that funding of the second stage of the position essentially becomes open to anybody in the ecosystem itself. 
And what liquidity do you leverage? Uh, Osmos, for example, only? Or do you talk no. with all the chains from Cosmos? Any, so if we want to go down that road, that, that's a little bit further into our, into our conversation, if, I think. But okay. essentially any chain that wants to deploy YFD, we, I mean, IBC, like, so the interchain uh, communication protocol that, that the Cosmos uses is good, but it's not reliable, like for exactly. anything that you'd want to leave funds in. So the way that we're looking to do this or the way that YFD should you know, do this, I think, is to actually deploy on every chain with liquidity and then use proxy contracts to execute across chain, but not actually execute trades across chains. You want to execute on the chain itself that actually has the liquidity. So I want to get into like the token YFD and where that comes in. I do want to ask, so say, you know, a developer comes in, builds or group, um, builds um, something that was proposed um, and is funded. Uh, who who has ownership of that idea afterwards? So this is the cool thing we're doing is we're we're going like, this is work for hire. The community actually has the ownership. The DAO has the ownership mm -hmm. of the idea. So it becomes part of a collective library of code. So yep. effectively, things should become cheaper over time because new developers or existing developers doing new projects should be able to leverage the the code library that's being built out. And I think in general, like when we talk about where the strength in DeFi is, you know, the strength is like the financial part of it's part of it, but the real strength is in the community. I mean, we see that in the NFT communities all the time. I mean, they're buying JPEGs, right? So I think, I think the value is that you have a good community and you have a solid trust and, and working relationship with everybody in the community. And that's what builds the ecosystem. You know, so when people decide where they want to go, do you want to go to the copycat if somebody's grabbed the code, or do you want to actually go to the people who are improving the infrastructure of the entire ecosystem? Um, is there any entity between the in between the DAO that would check the smart contracts for any malicious activities? Because ninety nine percent of people in DeFi can't read a line of code, let alone solidity. So, how do you ensure as a protocol that they? that um, any developer that comes up as, a, as an autonomous developer is not a malicious developer that siphons the funds. Great. Yeah, so we, we have got two things um, with that. So we've thought about this and we wanted to silo conflicts of interest. So developers are whitelisted by the community. So if, you're, if, you're, if the community itself is validating malicious developers, you know, the community needs, it's the same FTX argument, right? If you're not doing due diligence, then there's only so much somebody can do. The other side of it is that what we'd like to get to as we grow or as the community of developers that are whitelisted and participate in the ecosystem grow, we'd like to, or YFD would like to have that ecosystem actually check each other's work because they are the, you know, they are the, the peers for each other in terms of the code, if that makes sense. So an independent audit is part of the cost of building the idea to begin with. And initially that will be from an outside third party. Like uh, I'm not gonna use any of the, the big names because I'm not sure how reliable they are, but like in the Cosmos it's SCV or it's Oak Security or something like that. So their, their audit you know, costs are gonna be baked into the initial funding round. And you, uh, what Ray had referenced before, you think about like how this, the composability of it and how you are essentially building new elements on top of existing elements that have been audited and have been kind of um, like run through the trials and tribulations of the market. And so, you know, ideally there will be, you know, layers and layers of additional kind of peer-to-peer -peer audits for any up. smaller kind of... Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Can hear you. Yes. So ideally, you'd have um, layers and layers of like additional audits and peer-to-peer -peer audits um, inside of YFD, as well as those that are funded. Um, so I mean, it's just like I, it, there's also a, an element of a segmentation of risk too. And I don't know if you want to talk about that, Ray, but I think that that's pretty pretty novel than where the oh, funds aren't commingled and we have Some a. Shit. 
Uh, I think you're um, can, can everyone else hear talking. me? Fuck. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can I, hear you. I, I, it's uh, one of those individual twi- uh, Twitter rugs right there. It's being yeah. targeted. Yeah. So there's a there's a no there's not a commingling of funds. Um, all of the like projects are separate from the escrow kind of funds perspective. Um, so if something got rugged, it would be limited in general to those that are using specifically kind of those those uh, smart contracts. Um, and uh, there's also an emergency protocol that's enabled for the governance. So we've tried to think this through. I mean, I, I'm not going to go out there and say from the community's perspective that it's like completely bulletproof. I mean, it's just never going to be. But how can you set up? as part of this ecosystem processes to continually audit peer to peer review, make those like valuable activities that are rewarded in the DAO. Um, that's all things that we're building in. Um, okay. That sounds very interesting, but I, I, I think that a, a, a tool that you could utilize it is to have a, a, a smart contract committee baked into the DAO that you are trying to create because, um, Audits normally have upfront costs. So minimum you get one thousand dollars of an audit from the I know you guys can hear me, but I can't hear costs. anything. I'm trying. Yeah. Um uh, how about that? Leave and come back. I'm gonna try joining with my um sorry if I'm talking over anybody right now. I'm gonna try joining with my other profile uh and adding myself as host. And if that ends the space, then I'll just remake it. Um and you guys Hi guys. Sorry about that. <laughs> I don't know. I just couldn't hear anyone talk. It's so weird. I hate when that happens. I'll just invite everyone back up to speak. Fucking okay, A. Can you guys hear me? Oh, sorry about that. Hopefully people come back. Damn it. Um, I'm here. Did I miss anything? <laughs> uh, two things. We were actually, we could all hear each other. I think it was an individual rug. You've been targeted. Oh. Yeah, it was just me. I knew it. So what? The person who gets rugs like can't hear anybody talk, but they can hear him. Sam, Sam is targeting you <laughs> from Argentina. He's sending you DDoS bots. From Argentina, yeah. yeah. Caroline is coming. Be careful. Yeah. We had like 16 people in here, man. So I hope they rejoin. But if not, it's all good. Yeah, um, yeah, they will. Great question, Sam. It's been great so far. It's a, uh, yeah. This happens. I mean, we've had a space that we literally just couldn't start and we uh, ended up having someone else host it for us because it was just like, yeah, it's so close to being such a great product on Twitter spaces, but these little issues are maddening. Yeah, it really is. I think I hope so. It's not stable and it's really annoying because like I didn't do anything and it's just like, it was just like, oh, is everyone not talking or like, what's the deal? Um, okay, so where does your token come into play? I wanted to ask YFD. And Ray, I invited you back up to speak too, by the way. I'm not sure if you can see that. Bada bing, bada boom. There we go. Space with Elon last night for about six hours. Well, he was only in there for a couple. Oh. And they, he got rugged out of his out of the space too. <laughs> oh, that's classic. <laughs> so he knows the, that's great though. I'm sure it's just probably some stupid fucking bug in the code. Like when something updates, or like maybe Wi-Fi signal cuts out and it goes to, you know, your your mobile signal. Maybe something happens. I don't know. It was weird because like when I would couldn't connect for the first ten minutes, it was saying host is having issues. Just please wait. And I could see like half a dozen people in the room, and I could hear you after I killed Twitter, but I couldn't actually. I even accepted the the co-host or the the speaker thing, and but I couldn't do anything. Yeah, they'll work it out. That's hilarious that Elon himself got rugged by his own product. So surely he knows about it. <laughs> I'm sure somebody's going to hear about that now. Yeah, yeah, they got a lot to work on. But but um, yeah. So so uh, let's David. continue here. Alex's questions hey, well, are really great. He has really good points about this. So go ahead, Alex. Can I, uh, David? Can I uh, Jack take it from uh, before the thing goes uh, rugged and we can go back to the token? So take um, uh, Ray. Um, I, I was saying maybe a good idea before you go for audits for every smart content that might be deployed for a position built by the community, you should go for a committee of developers that are responsible from the community, not centralized by an entity or some sort, because that comes to liabilities that they chat, that just check the smart contracts. Uh, 
because they have smart contracts auditing has upfront cost minimum $1,000 so that then is calculated into the position so you have to be $1,001 to have $1 of profit for the position you have built just because of the audit. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with that. If, if you would like to join the project and lead up that committee, I, you know, I'm not here to stop anybody. We totally welcome it. Um, that's really where we'd like to go with it is that, that the developers and the committee of developers who are actually participating in, in building strategies and ideas on the platform, you know, work with each other to build up a standard and, you know, a level of quality between each other. So that sounds awesome. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah, I, and we we have um, we we haven't really talked about the, our crucibles, our kind of uh, working groups within the DAO. Uh, so that's kind of the intent is to have different groups focused on you know not only what's needed for some of the you know um, some of the projects that'll be launching, but also just like the platform itself. You know, the ecosystem, the marketplace. Um, and I think there's, I mean, just uh, as an ancillary opportunity, like to have, you know, an awesome like peer-to-peer auditing. Like, I mean, I think that's a product in and of itself, to be honest, like a decentralized, like, you know, peer-to-peer bounty auditing platform, because like what we have right now is imperfect at best, I think. It's a, it's a very interesting concept. Uh, um, the, another thing popped in mind: you could have the developers being pay, the developers that deploy the contract for the funders. You could have them being paid after the position has been successfully worked. So you can you can apply game theory to to prevent malicious actors. Uh, you can do a lot of things. So let's move to 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 David's questions. Well, I do. I do just want to add one point to that. So we didn't talk about how this funding actually works. Yeah. And it, I think we've done a pretty incredible. This is like, I, I can't say enough. I, we're going to open source all this because this is really fundamentally, especially we've seen with what happened with FTX and all this black box crap is you, we need this stuff to be like just pure infrastructure. It doesn't have to be about profit. It just needs to be built and baked into, you know, these ecosystems for transparency. So. The way we built the the funding mechanism is basically like let's say the proposal comes up. It says, "Here's my idea. I'm the proposer. You know, I've I've talked with the developers. I've picked the developer out of the whitelisted group of developers, and you know they're going to build it for X amount of dollars, and we're going to pay them over this schedule. The developers have presented a statement of work that's included in the proposal up front, saying these are the milestones we're going to hit over this time period, and there's a payment schedule. And this is all in the contracts and so the way these like uh clean was talking about earlier how there's no way to rug the entire system is when you do a proposal it actually instantiates a contract for that proposal and that proposal contract holds the funds for the development and the people who fund the development like the actual wallets that fund the development are the ones who vote to release the funds to the developer on that schedule so that schedule is in the contract, you know, hard coded in the sense that it's submitted with the proposal and it says we're going to do six, you know, we're going to do six payments over and this is the last payment of the blocks. You know, this is the last block of payment. So it divides that in the contract and says, OK, well, it's this many blocks per payment. And, and when each of those milestones comes up to pay, all of the people who funded the proposal have to vote to release those funds or not release those funds. So if the developers aren't actually producing anything, they're not going to get paid. And the kicker is where we're thinking about where's conflict of interest. So there could have been an opportunity for a strategist and a developer to collude, right? They say, oh, we need a million dollars for this fund. Well, so the way we've worked around that is the first payment has to be at or below the amount that the proposer paid themselves. And they need to pay a minimum of 5%. So if there isn't anything produced within the first milestone and the community says, hey, this is a rug, this is a scam, these guys aren't, aren't actually developing it, the only people that have lost money is the person who proposed it. And they can, the, the community can say, we're not gonna pay this payment and we're gonna go to the entire community and we're going to say, look, you need to kill this proposal because it's malicious. And the entire community, not just the people who funded it, can look at it, 
they're like the adjudicator, right? They're they're kind of the neutral party because they didn't totally that's, fund that's it. They can look at it. And they say, yep, we're going to yank this. You know what? The proposer's out of money. Sorry, you suck. You know what? We're maybe going to reconsider whitelisting this developer because you didn't produce. And all the money goes back to be claimed by the individuals who funded it. I want to say one other thing we did with the contracts that we've seen rugs so many times. You can't tell the contracts where to give the money, where to send the money, none of that. The only places it can go are the places that are indicated initially. So the developer, or it goes back to the people who put it in. There's no like send to this address, there's send this amount to this address, none of that. You put in X amount of tokens from this address, you can claim those tokens if the proposal gets rejected, but you can't ask like, send me X amount of tokens or any of that crap, right? It's like, where is the, how do you build trustless systems other than stop letting people put in, you know, parameters about like, send me this many tokens to this wallet. You know, you just cut that stuff out of it and you say, look, the contract knows what you gave it and that's all you're going to get back. Phew. <laughs> that sounds stop. I would give a liver to get your white paper before anyone else. <laughs> well, if you'd like to see the code, send me a message and I'm happy to like, I, this, this is what we need to have to make this, you know, ecosystem credible is trustlessness. And the only way you can do that is put it in the contract. Here, here. And it's like, uh, you, you guys create like a system of self-accountability, just like you do in trading as well, um, which is great. But it's more like community accountability, um, which is great. Um, so bef actually, before I go to the token, I do want to ask, like, in regards to the community, in order for this to be successful, uh, you know, there needs to be a, a pretty wide network of people who know about it and uh, who know each other, et cetera. So I would ask, so, so how many contributors do you have total? Um, and what is your plan to network in a space that's really tricky to get people's attention in, especially right now, especially, especially after last week? Oh, my God. I'm going to need another drink for just that specific question. I know. It's a tough one. <laughs> um, so this is the problem, right? I mean, everybody's kind of bailed and everybody's clinging to, like, how do I, how do I eat and live in DeFi and, and all that stuff? So... Right now we have probably like, I would be, I would be feeling very, mm, I'd, I'd be almost fudging the numbers by saying we have a dozen contributors. We probably have eight contributors right now. Uh, before the terror collapse, we had dozens of people like bouncing in and out. And then after that, it's been pretty yeah. slow. So what we're looking to do with this is I've been working pretty hard with validators and with the core teams of different chains. And I'm kind of working from the mechanism. And again, I'm just a contributor. I'm not like, I'm not God. I'm not an owner of whatever, right? What we're looking to do is just say, hey, you know what? Every chain needs infrastructure where they can have a lifeline to their community. Because you have all these protocols building stuff, but you don't know how people in the community they're actually putting their money into the protocols would want to hack this stuff, right? So having something like YFD or having something like Yield Foundry on your chain gives you the pulse of what the community would pay for somebody to put in and implement within your infrastructure. Because now people are feeding it with their own money, right? So in terms of our marketing or in terms of the marketing of YFD, the idea is that we're working with core teams on uh, about a half a dozen chains right now to say, look, we'll help you deploy this. You guys can own it. It's open source code. But I think inevitably, like, it's going to help you understand, like, what is valuable to your community. And we're trying to build that in such a way that each chain is its own independent nation, right? We're not setting up, like, uh, colonial, you know, uh, kind of things where there's a centralized chain that goes and pushes down governance to the lesser chains. It's really, it should be you know, nation states of their own independence that come together and collude for, you know, and work on the same code base out of their own interest of sharing the responsibility. But, you know, you're not actually like having a centralized authority that's pushing down mandates from one, you know, profitable chain to some other chains that are still getting started, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And events like these will help too. Do you guys plan on doing um, other AMAs and projects probably on Cosmos? Yeah, absolutely. We um, are doing 
Quite a few. We've done quite a few and we're going to continue to do that. We're speaking with Calc um, Finance tomorrow, actually, um, there in Kuji. We've got a few others lined up and interested and in, we'll speak with anybody about some of these concepts, especially if this related to, you know, kind of our core mission, decentralization, DAO topics, um, working in DeFi. I mean, any of that stuff. Um, and of course, smart contracts and just how it works. And we're using NFTs in a unique way too, uh, kind of mm -hmm. an interactive NFT for uh, the kind of representing the share of ownership of the project. So, I mean, there's a lot of, oh. kind of novel things that we've done to um, get this launched, but we can talk a little bit more about that, but I guess, well, I guess that's kind of a good segue um, about, you know, how we're marketing this to start off with. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, I, I mentioned before, based off of the history of where we're at, some of those primitives we were relying on initially, um, they're not there anymore. You know, they just don't exist. Um, really, like in an environment such as we're in right now, uh, it's ever fluid and there's a lot of still like retooling, developing protocols, getting ready to launch. We thought through like, what's the best um the best thing to focus on or provide from the strategy perspective um, for the MVP, we're really looking at a partnership with those um, communities that have stuck around those NFT communities that have kind of um, stuck through all of the crashes, everything and have retooled, relaunched um, from Terra one to Terra two. So we've got some really strong uh, NFT partnerships right out the gate, essentially partnering with them to do some branded vaults for them. Um, the concept is like, hey, this is another option for people to support your project instead of you spinning up a validator or doing something else or having to release another collection. You can um, put a vault out there, an underlying strategy. Everyone can take advantage of it. And then, you you know, your holders or just general users and then those fees, instead of going to the protocol, you know, most of the fees go back to those NFT projects. Um, there's just one example I could see like influencers doing that. Maybe it's like a, a maybe it's just like a specific like stablecoin strategy, but it's an influencer that wants a branded vault for themselves. I mean, there's all sorts of different like kind of community fueled sort of uh, benefits to to pulling in some of those people to use the ecosystem. Special interest groups using these to fund their project. Um, we're talking with Angel Protocol, which is focused on charity. Um, I think uh, grants and charity organizations using some of these mechanisms to fund their operations in a really transparent way. I think there's a lot of power in that too. Yeah, I agree. And and I, one of the things I liked about, for instance, just a minute ago when when Ray when when Alex asked a question, Ray was like, "Hey, uh, yeah, feel free and and be a contributor." Also, like so by doing that over and over again uh, with projects, you create like your own um, army of marketers, you know, uh, i.e. contributors. Um, and over time that, that gets better and better. Um, I have, I have, I have one more question. I do want to talk about the interactive NFTs and the token still. Um, but so, so on the MVP, you'll be able to like, it, will it be like a one-stop shop? You'll be able to propose ideas, view the SOWs, how much they cost, which developers are working on them, uh, fund those ideas also on the website and even, uh, view the open source code also on the website, like kind of everything's going to be there. Yep. Yeah, that, that's what's taken so long to do this is like we have so many novel concepts because one of the things we're doing is all the governance is on chain. Like when you do a vote, when you make a vote for a proposal, it instantiates a voting contract that receives tokens and distributes tokens to the people who are supposed to vote on that. Like if you funded a proposal, everybody who funds a proposal gets voting tokens for this particular you know, action regarding this proposal. So we had to build out all of this infrastructure to be like, you know, fuck snapshot. And it's off chain. You know, who knows what the reliability of that actually is, right? So we said, you know, look, you can you don't even need an interface to this. You can just talk to the contracts and you can do everything with the contracts with no UI. There's no database. Sure. Uh, we're running static sites on like uh, Fleek and IPFS. We don't we don't need an mm. uh, hosted engine, you know? Damn. Did that <laughs> It's That's like really this cool. is the problem, right? Yeah, yeah. You don't need a UI. You're you're absolutely right. That's funny. It's they're overcomplicating it. Well, yeah, we need I mean, we're UI for go ahead. Yeah, I think the accessibility, obviously, like there needs to be UI, but it's all open source too. So we have projects that are interested in like skinning for their project. Those NFT partnerships, like they 
like have have your page on your site that that's the ui that your people you know your um you know well also you can represent the vault elsewhere you know in your project elsewhere but like yeah feel free to do it and the community will help you get that spun off if there's enough value in it are there any proposals now or does that come after the mvp that's going to come after the MVP. We've got we've been building some vaults for these NFT projects to just be able to deploy for themselves to get to yeah. fund their communities. But you know they'll fund the they, those won't be deployed through us or through any other third party. Those are going to go through the proposal process just like everything else. So there's no everybody's equal in this, right? It's all on chain. There's no admin backdoor. I feel. It's stupid having to say that stuff. And I feel a little weird saying it after we watched Sam make a second set of books in the last week, right? But <laughs> get a back door. Like, look, our 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 code is gonna be or the, the YFD code is gonna be open source from the get-go. You know, I, I think this is the only way to move forward with this ecosystem is just to be like, look, throw your slings and arrows. It's like there's nothing to hide yeah. here. This is all this is what it is. And everybody should use it because it makes everything better for everybody. It's the sunshine disinfectant, right? Yeah. So, so uh, onto the token, I, I see a lot of projects, especially now, saying, I wish I didn't, you know, t- making a token held us back. Uh, it adds a lot of stress sometimes. Um, so what, what, where does YFD, your, your token that you mentioned in, in, in the documents, come into play? And like, you know, is it released? When are you going to release it? Kind of that kind of thing. Uh, where would the liquidity come from, et cetera? And what would it do, most importantly? Yeah, so I can eat this for you, Crash, because you're still in a jurisdiction that has, like, butthurt over their own problems. So, <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> um, yeah, the, the token is going to be released at MVP. Um, there's no centralized ownership of it. Uh, what we did. This hasn't been fully published yet, so this is alpha in the sense that it's it's coming out, but it's not a secret. What we did is like there's nobody that's con- a contributor to the project now. I shouldn't say that. Some of the 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 third party contributors to the project that haven't been with us from the beginning are involved in this, but uh, what what um, some of the the contributors did during this process is we reached out to every other ethical protocol that we could find that has no relation, has no financial interest, is not involved with our project at all. We said, this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to build a way for people to be able to, you know, build up an ecosystem, you know, bootstrap it as a community. Would you be interested in holding these tokens for us in a multi-sig? So we've got Juno protocol, uh, Juno chain, uh, DowDow protocol on Juno, uh, Stargaze, if you're familiar with Stargaze, we've got Orbital Command, uh, we've got Kujira Chain. Um, the, the core teams from all these projects have stepped up and said, look, we will enter a multi-sig and hold the minted tokens for you to release them to the community after the code has been tested. So essentially, the idea is that uh, the tokens get distributed uh, the the protocol, the project had investors at the beginning. So those tokens are going to get invested uh, in a vesting contract. And then the rest of the tokens go to the DAO, uh, go to the community itself um, to decide what they want to do with them. Is that What's the percentage of the allocations? Uh, the percentage of the allocations is 24% to the investors and the uh contributors before launch and then 76 percent of the tokens to the dow itself um okay and do the investors and the initial contributors have an agreement to add liquidity or no so there may be no liquidity oh. yeah so so the so especially it's just in- the governance token meaning like its ownership token for example and governance, just that, not yeah. trading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The focus is definitely on um, the utility, the governance. Um, it's definitely not. Uh, yeah, yeah. And and what if I am a dickhead and go add it into sushi swap, and I have one million to spare, and then fuck with your token? Yeah, who cares? I mean, what what do we care? We're not using it for money. <laughs> it gets sold off. 
Go ahead. Interesting. I like that idea. It's like, I mean, fuck it. We're just going to use the blockchain for votes. One token, one vote. What's up? And um, I, I mean, I see it as a, it's an imperfect solution. And we've talked quite sure. a bit. And I think there's a lot of potential for some other solutions that are either other other um, people are working on or, you know, some ideas that the YFT community is throwing around. So expect to hear more there. But yeah, I think it's just an imperfect solution to that, that we're relying on for today. I think there's going to be better options for consensus in the future and governance in the future that we'll start to layer in. But. Well, so so if if it's not publicly traded, how do people access the token if they are not in the initial seed round and so forth? Uh, does the DAO hand out the token via a smart contract? And how well, does the DAO decide how many tokens to give to Alexander that has an interest? You you should be part of the DAO, and uh, then you can decide that. Hey, stop! Because the people to you're talking to here are not deciding right. that. <laughs> so I come into the DAO and I say, "Hey, give me ten thousand tokens," and people vote on that, and then executed a, a, a withdrawal or. Well, yeah, well, I would say, like, to give you perspective on what you're asking right now, is that the things were. De- the things that are being deployed with MVP would allow somebody to do what you just said. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, to some degree, I do like, I mean, if there's no liquidity, nobody can buy it on the open market, obviously, um, unless it's, unless it's sent. Um, but yeah, I, 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 to another degree, I also like kind of removing the financial uh, incentive from it. It removes a lot of the people who are just trying to flip coins and shit. Cause I mean, the point, the point of this is, is governance and voting. Right. So, um, but I do see Alex's point. It might be confusing, like, to how do you know how many to send to who, et cetera. But um, again, I suppose people can just put that up as a proposal on uh, on the MVP, which um, I'm really excited. Well, it, it's really up to the mechanics of the token. If one one token is one vote, it's all you need. You just need one token, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Technically. So, yeah. Um. How does uh well let me talk about the interactive NFT real quick unless there's something else you guys would like to add to that um you mentioned it it shows ownership in I forget what but um could you could you talk a bit more about that yeah so I'm a big fan of NFT utility that's different you know yeah so essentially what happens right so we got to this point in the conversation earlier where we were saying that the community funds these ideas right yep like. Okay, so the community funds the ideas. Well, let's say the idea asks for $100,000. So let's say we have 1,000 people contributing, you know, uh, $100 to that, right? I think that that's the math on that. Sure. So yep. those 1,000 people would receive, if, if that was the floor, that they would receive an NFT each. Or, you know, if you funded $300, you'd receive three NFTs. And essentially, those NFTs would be, you know, integrated into the the contracts that are created to distribute the profits of whatever the idea is. If it is a if it is an idea that's intended to be profitable, right? You could have nonprofit charity things that that don't have a a profit driven thing, and so the NFT is just a you know I voted sticker or whatever, right? And maybe that has utility in some secondary market. Um, but if you were funding a vault that, let's say, uh, you were funding a vault that auto compounds some sort of popular token that provides 10% uh, returns, and there was a 10% fee on that, so you, the the funders of the vault, the funders of the proposal would essentially be splitting this 1% um, of the profits of this vault. You know, a 10% performance fee was 1% of the the 10% yield. I know we get into numbers, and then everything goes to shit. Sure, sure. But, I the, yeah, if you know what I'm saying. So essentially, you know, and, and again, the, the funders of the vault are the ones that approve that say, hey, look, they actually did what they said they did. The developers said they were supposed to do. So, you know, if they didn't include those profit sharing mechanisms into the contract itself, you know, the people who are going to receive that profit sharing piece of it are the first ones to say, you know, this isn't this isn't compliant with what we agreed to and what we funded. Does that make sense? It does. Um, who codes that that contract? You guys? It's already done. Oh, uh-huh. good. You did you do it? Yep. 
Yeah, we, you just plug it in. So basically, here's the crazy thing. In Cosmwasm, right, they're going a little bit above and beyond what the 721 does in, in Solidity and EVMs. And so what our contracts actually do is you never have to remember the contract that you integrated with or that you, you deposited or funded or whatever. Um, you have the NFT in your wallet and you actually ask the NFT to say, hey, what can you claim for me? What do you, what do you have for funds? What am I, what am I allocated? You know, and you, you query the NFT in your wallet, not the contract on the chain, if that makes sense. And the NFT goes to the chain and says, hey, I'm this NFT, I'm the NFT's owner. Can you send the funds to the contract that, that's holding me right now? Or can you send the funds to the wallet that's holding me right now? And that essentially, you know, allows for this trustless mechanism. We're not, we're not going to the vault contract and saying, pay me as a wallet, right? We're asking the NFT in the wallet to go to the contract. And the contract says, you know what? I minted you. I know you, you're my child. I will give you your portion of, of the, you know, of your allowance, right? Does that make sense? It does. It's, it's fucking backwards from how everybody's doing shit, but it's the way to build a trustless system. Yeah, and then of course it goes without saying. Like these are transferable, so you have those, you know, three NFTs that represent, you know, your share of whatever you funded, and you want to get out of, you know, some of that, or you want to, you know, sell that. I mean, I could see secondary markets possibly popping up for for these specifically. I mean, there's all sorts. They they have all the other capabilities and um, features of regular NFTs. So having collections with some of this financialization backed to the nfts um there's a lot of possibilities there yeah i love that um that is fantastic that is fantastic um gosh i feel like we could talk for hours um we are coming up on the hour um i do want to ask if somebody wants to become a contributor um or part of the dow what exactly do they have to do yeah so i that's great and that's my biggest plug is just First of all, join the Discord. We've got a link there for a bounty platform that we have set up um, in partnership with DWork. There's bounty, there's tons of bounties on there, and it's not just development work. Um, a lot of writing, a lot of just marketing. If you're someone who just wants to create memes, we even have a few of those just to, just for fun and to share around because they are valuable, and we've gotten uh, quite a bit of attention from some of those. So yeah, just join in there and start doing the work. I mean, I really the the intent is like how how close can we get to a pure meritocracy as possible and eventually have, you know, the community decide like what's the value of these activities and to keep posting, you know, bounties with, you know, different um sort of right now we've got reputational points right now, but anticipate in the future there'll be all sorts of payments for those sort of activities post MVP. But yeah, if you want to be a contributor, easy ways to just get in there, do some of the bounties, you know, start talking in the community and, uh, you know, just introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about your skills and the, you know, we'll definitely see how best to utilize you based off of, you know, how much time you have and, you know, what level you want to contribute. Yeah, that's the beautiful thing, right? There's no centralized process per se. It's like, well, start building shit and talk to us, <laughs> right? I really, yeah. Um, I mean, that's yeah. honestly, that's how I started. I mean, it's yeah. just like I started getting in there and I just, I wasn't a mod or anything of a Discord. I just started answering questions, you know, and helping people out. And, uh, you know, people noticed and they're like, hey, let's just uh, make, give you an official role and you can actually do this. And it just kind of like snowballed from there. So I love this. Um, and Ray, you specifically, I know, I know you've done good work in the past. Both of you guys have great experience. I'm, I'm excited to see uh, where this project goes. Um, Alex, do you have any other questions? Um, no, I'm good, man. This was, this was very interesting. One of the best protocol ideas I've heard. Yeah, it's true to the nature of the space, like one, like closer to anything anyone else I've ever talked to, right? Um, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty unique and really, really great, really good stuff. Um, yeah, so it's aspirational, you know, for sure. I mean, well, there's a lot of novel ideas there, but the core of, you know, the trustlessness and just a full realization of the potential of smart contracts in a way that has been talked yeah. about, but yeah. we really haven't seen at this level, as well as the like decentralization, community ownership. Um, so, yeah, we're excited to get it out there, excited to get the MVP launched. I'm sure there'll be lessons learned, and, but we'll adapt to it and we'll keep building. 
Yeah. So uh, to anyone listening, they're they're dropping in about a month. Uh, the the minimum viable product month ish, and uh, you'll be able to vote on proposals, fund proposals um, in the cosmos, and hopefully other ecosystems as well. Um, really good stuff. Really really good stuff. Join their Discord. Drop my follow if you're not following already. Um, Alex is on our team. Look to your left and right. Drop everyone to follow. Fuck it. Um, yeah, Ray or Y Foundry, you guys have any last words? Anything um, we didn't cover? Yeah, I mean, I, if, if you like listen to what we talked about today and you have a better way to explain this to people, we would love that. Like onboarding people into so many novel concepts like on chain governance, uh, trustless escrowed, you know, functionality. These things are so many pieces. Like we we talk to VCs and we talk to investors, and they're just like, "You're doing too much stuff." But it's like all these things are broken. Well, like you you have to do everything at the same time because you need the trust. Make sure to name the UI aspect of the protocol because if normal people can in and the idea is great, if normal people can in, the only thing they can relate to is UI, nothing else. Yeah, yeah it's it has to be like. Like, here's the proposal, here's who, uh, here's the developer working on it, Here, here's how much the developer thinks it'll cost, here's how you fund it, here's where the vote's at, here's how you vote, kind of thing. Like, stupid, simple stuff like that. Not too many tabs or columns or whatever, you know, it's got to be stupid, simple. And Ray, I liked how you described it to me at first. Um, kind of, you know, community proposes ideas, people vote on those ideas, and developers can build them if they would like, like a bounty. Yep. Yeah, I mean, any any help, you know, speaking to UI and the rest of it, just just join the Discord and mm-hmm. and let's let's build it because we have to do it together because there is no there is no team. It's like this is literally this is just a fundamental. It's like a human right to like be able to trust that things get put places and they're going to be there and they're not going to get rugged by some Adderall addict, right? It's like. <laughs> <laughs> we need that we have to have that (laughs) and so it's like this isn't about anybody that's speaking now it's like this is just what we need to move forward we need a way to heal and be like oh i'm checking my funds are still there it's it's cool because they're they're on chain so help help build this i mean this isn't there's no profit motive in this let's just get this thing done because we all need it so alex if you want to see the code or you want to jump in i'm happy to you know, uh, show you how to read, it, see all the code, and figure out how it works. You go to GitHub. Yeah, we have a GitHub. Why hyphen foundry hyphen now? I'm just trying to to join Discord, and the invite won't go through. Unable to accept uh, accept invites for some reason. Weird. Oh, it might be might be expired. Shouldn't be. It's a it's a dedicated it one. Yeah, it's a YFD, so it's a dedicated one. But oh, am yeah. I am I already a member? I don't think so. I have a fuck ton of servers here. Anyway, I'll figure <laughs> it out. <laughs> yeah, ping me, or we'll figure it out. And like, this is the stuff. It's just this is so much to do for a few people, you know. And this is something I think that we we need to get out there because there just needs to be some transparency in this and, and uh, you know, we can't trust each other. So we need trustlessness at this point. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, especially now more than ever. So honestly, I'm glad we did an AMA after all this happened because it seems even more important. Um, given, yeah, I mean, you have a few people who made a, a shit ton of money and um, seems like almost all of them are misusing it. Sans a few. Um, so like, it's really important that we move towards actual decentralization and utilize, um, smart contracts to do so. It's great. Um, yeah. Thank you guys. Thank you to everybody for listening. Shout out to everyone in the audience, Billy, Alucard, great community managers, Juling, Madman. What up? Um, Mr. Jester, June, uh, J Mark, a lot of new faces. Good stuff. Chat with the flow. Um, follow each other. It's all love. Alex is our treasurer and soon to be. Down member of Y Foundry, <laughs> I guess, right? And uh, yeah, thanks, thanks to Crash um, on the Y Foundry account there, and and Ray, appreciate you guys so much. Thanks, yeah, thanks a lot. This was great. Yeah, anytime. We'd love to speak again. Just let us know. Yep, this will all be recorded. Thank and you all guys. As the uh, the audio. Thank you guys. Well, Thank you very care. much. That was very interesting. Thanks. And good luck. 
Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was the MTOP Swap AMA, hosted by Foundry Dow. Recorded on Saturday, November 12th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support. Now with more Spark IBC enabled. When I'm cruising, I'm rushing, no booze on my tongue. When I'm losing my cool like a bruiser in London, the rules are confusing, so let loose the juices and try not to act like they tightened up the noose. These fools are abused like a problem stepchild, ruling the coop with some modest exile. I'm lost in the cube with the softest textiles, a comfy padded room where I'm walking my best miles. So wipe the smirk off your face when you're serving them up with a platter of bait behind the curtain. Up with the curse, it's up. To swerve it, letting these nerds know the wait was worth it. I'll perk it up while I serve in some bullshit. This ain't my first rodeo, surrounded by humans. Opinionated merchants trying to steal your worth. It's getting on my nerves, so let's make them feel nervous. Tit for tat when I'm spitting this rap shit Getting sick with it like I'm kissing bats It spreading sickness like a fucking pandemic Gun to my head like write the damn epic My mood is exhumed from the darkest mistakes Sitting down in hell cooking up these mixtapes Living through nightmares and dreamscapes It takes more patience than a hospital police state So lock it down, locked and loaded like they come for your guns Fuck no, we won't be getting onto that bus Quietly sit back and watch the riot beat While the cops get filmed pirating all your privacy Sign on the dotted line and wave your rights and wave goodbye and pay no mind. You gotta wash a brain and erase the time. Now shut the fuck up while we wait in line.